This is show 30 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast, and today I am talking with Iko Akutumans. We are talking all things fitted cloth diapers and the work-at-home mom business of cloth diapering. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a somewhat regular show dedicated to everything cloth diapering. We talk with mamas, brands, parents, retailers, and people around the world about the topic of cloth diapering. My name is Bailey. I'm the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. You can hear my children screaming in the background because I have two young kids and a forever loving addiction to cloth diapers. Cloth diapers is my passion, my lifeblood, and it's something that really does bring me a lot of joy, which is why we have the cloth diaper podcast in case you were wondering you can find the cloth diaper podcast online the show notes are always available at www.clothdiaperpodcast.com and today's guest is courtney from a brand called eco accoutrements she'll tell you a little bit about her brand in the show but really we're talking a little bit about fitted cloth diapers and we're talking a little bit about the work at home mom cloth diaper industry in general i think these two topics will really be great for a lot of you. I know I learned a lot about fitted cloth diapers today that I don't really know because I haven't ventured into that world, but I see my children hammering at the door. So I'm going to go put the rest of the episode in and we can talk at the end. So I'm Courtney um, and I own and operate uh, Eco Instruments. Um, we're based out of Brockville, Ontario. Um, I, what does eco-accoutrement so, mean? Yeah, does it have a meaning? Or accoutrement, it depends who you're asking. Um, so it's a um, article of clothing or a... Um, sorry, I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> or a, an accessory that has a specific purpose or use. Um, so it just kind of encompassed everything that we make, right? Because uh, we weren't just diapers anymore. Like the, the old name was Pixie and Me Diapers, but when we branched out other things, I was like, how could I possibly convey everything that we make? Um, and I was speaking with another mom at a homeschooling group and she threw out that word as a suggestion because she's like, literally everything that you make, the purpose is to cut down on textile waste um, and you make people conscious in, in every way you could possibly do it. So it's kind of an all-encompassing name instead of our very specific one from before. Okay. So what do you make then? You make you make more than diapers then. What are you making these days? Yes. So we make two different types of cloth diapers. Um, hybrid fitteds were the original, and we still make um, probably 70% of the diapers that, that come out of here are hybrid fitteds. We also make all-in-twos. Um, and we make grow with me clothing, um, rompers and pants are probably the biggest sellers that we deal with. Um, also do snack bags, uh, reusable straw bags, um, hazelwood necklaces. We're, we're kind of a, like, so a little bit of everything then a little bit, yeah. out of Brockville, Ontario, which sounds very familiar is near Kingston. Yeah. Almost a straight shot South of Ottawa, right on the river. Okay. We were out there that uh, last summer. We were, uh, did a little road trip around. I was feeling like I knew the name from somewhere. Um, so I thought we would talk about fitted cloth diapers because I get a lot of questions about fitted cloth diapers. Hmm. Um, so you make a fitted cloth diaper. What is a fitted cloth diaper if nobody's heard of one? 
All right, so um, it, it depends. So a fitted is absorbent all the way through. So what you're looking at at your middle layer would be another absorbent layer, kind of like your insert, um, which I always found really great for my kids at night because they tended to sleep on their sides. And then if they were peeing kind of out towards their hip, there was something to be absorbent there. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I always kind of forget about that one. I've been kind of harsh on fitteds lately, but if you've got a side sleeper, yeah, totally. like, like just constantly side sleepers that were nursing all night so they were very <laughs> heavy wetters clearly so that was like a saving grace with a cover over it and sometimes even a flat folded all the way around it too when they were like three years old just to you're, be sure <laughs> you're going all all out there oh yeah well we we bed shared so i was like yo you're not peeing on my new bed <laughs> so being super careful um and then a hybrid fitted is sort of a cross between a waterproof diaper and a fitted diaper so it fits like a fitted diaper um, but the inner hidden layer is water resistant not waterproof so it's kind of a nice in-between for families who like how the fitteds look or like how they feel um, or that like all in twos and they need a little bit more water resistance but they either don't like hull which is the waterproof material um, for environmental reasons or because it makes their kid more prone to rashes um, Really so just, what do you, it's just usually it's like a, like a fleece. Yep. So it's hidden in between the outside cotton layer, which is the pretty fun print. Okay. Um, and then the inner layer that you see is, is really soft and the same thing that tops the inserts, except in different colors. Uh, and then the hidden layer is a polyester fleece, um, which helps repel water. So it won't be waterproof. Like if you're squeezing your kid into a car seat, I'd typically put a cover on then because you're pressing on it. Mm -hmm. uh, but during the day, I, I never used a cover. Um, didn't really see the point. I didn't really see any difference in dry time. Could you put pants on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like our kids, unless it was summer, then our kids were just running around and whatever. But but if you wanted to like go for a walk, you could still, you could put a pant over something with a fleece with a hidden yes. layer. That wouldn't cause, it's more like uh, if we were going in like a baby carrier or a car seat, when you get like a lot of crotch compression, essentially that would go with a cover. Um, but honestly, in a baby carrier, I was frequently tempted to always just go with a pre-fold and a cover because I found they were pretty foolproof for compression. Yeah. Um, that was always my, even when we had a big fancy stash, like our go-to in a carrier for long periods of time was always pre-folds and covers. Yeah. Okay. And so like something like a hybrid cover, many families find works just for like day-to-day -day use. Hey, could you go to nap in one without a cover? Um, it depends how long your kid is napping. I mean, my kids were never longer than like two hours so that wasn't a big issue like the side sleepers too but i think maybe if your kid was a belly sleeper it might be a little bit harder so again the variables of cloth diapering exactly. <laughs> no harder yes no answer and i've definitely always been a little bit confused about the concept of a hybrid fitted cloth diaper i can see why why that might be beneficial now yeah so the stay at home mommy you're just not going anywhere exactly like if for the, the biggest point for me when I'm trying to break it down with people to make the decision when they're ordering between an all-in-two and a hybrid fitted is, is your kid prone to rashes? If they are, skipping the pole, which is a waterproof layer, and going with the hybrid fitted may be the better option. Um, or, like I said, some people don't agree with the lamination process of the waterproofing fabrics. Um, where they're made, it can cause a lot of uh, the kind of leftover residual chemical junk that sadly doesn't need to be disposed of properly in some countries um so some people also don't agree with that 
Well, luckily, the my latest research this year is that we've seems to be that we've abandoned a lot of chemical PUL processing in the last two years, but not entirely. But just in case anyone's listening, largely we're not chemically processing TPU anymore or PUL. Well, I use um, Canadian made now, anyways. So yeah. it's all it's all heat bonded then. That's what I've gathered. I was doing. I was looking at suppliers, and it looked like it was all heat bonded now. But um, yeah, there are definitely okay. still concerns, and I never thought about the rash concept of um of that situation scenario but you're right it would give a lot more airflow a lot more breathability a lot more options but if you're not buying a hybrid fitted and you're just buying a regular fitted you have to use a cover right and you can use any sort of cover what would somebody be looking for specifically for a fitted diaper and a cover so if you're looking for a cover that's going to be the most compatible with a fitted diaper i'd be looking for something with a wide side wing so mm-hmm. like a yes it works really well um, because then you're not going to have like the side of the fitted being wider than the side of the cover, uh, especially with the width of the fitted into account, right? It's going to pull at the cover, pull at the cover, pull it away from the baby's butt and kind of make it a bit narrower. Um, so you definitely want something with a wider side. I mean, some things are just, you know, thin little snaps or something like that. I definitely prefer, like I said, the thirsties Velcro ones were always my, uh, my favorite, I found the side nice and wide. It almost crossed over baby's thigh. You could use a fleece. You could use a wool cover as well. Would be other options. Exactly. But and the wool not wool as waterproof. Longer though. Right? Pardon? Wool will last longer than a pull cover, especially if you oh, like to yeah. use instead of hanging. I find the sorry, you can't dryer your wool to clarify, but to, <laughs> some people will dry their pull covers and then they just don't last as long as they could if you line dried. But I found the wool was kind of like invincible. Yeah, I have lost a lot of pull covers in the washing machine and the dryer because of other evil things in there. So <laughs> yeah. in general, I think hand washing wool seems to be a very nice, gentle, long lasting experience. Yes, yeah, the wool was much easier to deal with because I knew I had to hand wash it. So it wasn't something that got forgotten in the wet bag. And then I was like, ah, no, like I was with covers. Um, I was horrible and always machine washed our covers and dried them. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, but it was just they never came out, so it was better for me to just not stress it and just leave them in a little bit sooner. Yeah. That it is part of the convenience of not having to separate out the laundry. Yeah. So, so are all fitted diapers super absorbent, or are there different kind of variations there? Could every fitted diaper be used as a nighttime option, or what's that kind of variation that people should know about when buying a fitted diaper from, say, your store? So it depends, again, what your needs are. If you're, if you're coming into needing a fitted because your kid is leaking through everything, like even a disposable and you're struggling at nighttime, I would really suggest getting a fitted that is specifically marketed for overtime usage or just seeing if you can add a booster to it. Um, go that route and start it with a cover tube because you can always take away stuff that you don't end up needing, right, as you trial and error. But it sucks to get something and think that it's going to be great and wake up with pee all the way up to their shoulders. <laughs> I'm always a fan kind of go big at first and then see if that works. You may need a little bit less, you know, you might not need quite as much in there as you initially thought, but it, I think it's always better to, to go bigger when you're worrying okay. about it. Um, because typically the families contacting me with overnight worries have like extremely heavy wetters. And they've gone through the motions and they've gone through the other simpler ideas and other. They've gone through the basic, like, Oh, you know, I'll double up some prefolds or, what order the inserts should go in, things like that. They've done all the the basic research by the time they're looking for something custom. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And typically in my shop, when somebody comes in like that heavy of a wetter, um, we go for an all-in-two typically with an overnight booster insert, which are only $4 to add in. Um, and that usually does the trick. The only time I've seen somebody add more was one family added a cover as well, and then they were fine. So, yeah. All right. So if you guys are wondering and you're struggling with overnights, it can really be just as easy as also reaching out to shop owners like Courtney here. Um, I think sometimes you do the scroll on the Etsy shop or wherever. And if you are still feeling overwhelmed, don't be afraid to send Courtney an email. That's what I'm hearing is that you work pretty one-on-one. You can work pretty one-on-one to help uh, wade through some of that overwhelm of the the what do I actually need conversation when it comes to a diaper. Yeah. Especially like going over everything so different, right? Like is the baby a belly sleeper? Are they a side sleeper? Do they sleep in a carrier? Are they, you know, all, mm-hmm. all the factors um, really play into it. And chances are I've run into a family with a similar situation as you before. And I can give you some of the information that we found through trial and error already. So there's no need to like, drag yourself through the process alone because there's like, you know, a wealth of information available. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just reach out message. Like I get it a lot, <laughs> which is funny because a lot of people are like, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm like, you're really, you're not bothering me. It's what we're here for. I like, I just want things to work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing getting than getting something and assuming it's going to work and it doesn't work. And you're just like, ah, and it could have been avoided just, I think it's just like a weird uh, shift we are culturally. We feel like we're, uh, we both expect answers from people, but we also uh, don't want to overwhelm people. But feel free to reach out to shop owners. I know that Courtney's not the only one that we've talked to who is more than excited to problem solve. Oh, yeah. It, it's kind of fun, actually, because it breaks up making the exact same things over and over again. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. So how long um, have you been making diapers? Oh, um, it's been almost seven years now. Okay, so you've so. only got like a decade worth of experience behind you. Yeah, so well, yeah, I guess it would be this year. Is, it's been yeah. a while. I feel old to say that. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? Experience is good in this industry. Um, I so I'm on your Etsy page because I was scrolling. And I was just curious. So what what's the um, the awkward money conversation? What goes into the cost of a fitted diaper, and why are they so more expensive? Is it worth it? What is that kind of yucky feeling conversation in the pit of my stomach about? Definitely not yucky, um, because I think if people aren't willing to talk about it, um, nothing will change as far as industries yeah. go um, for materials. Um, and then if people aren't willing to talk about it, people don't understand what they're buying. Yeah. Uh, like if you're proud of your product, about everything, um, like frequently at in-person shows, I'll get into like 40 minute conversations about fabric suppliers with other sewers because it's just really exciting um, when people ask, like it's, it's my life. It's do and it's exciting um and a large portion of my work is finding where to get new fabrics so um but when it comes to the cost the biggest cost for me is actually the inserts which surprises a lot of people when you look at the costs of custom printed fabric um that actually surprisingly is not the biggest cost the biggest cost is actually the insert um, and the reason for that for me is i won't shop out of canada okay. um, so i'm shopping from a store called simplify fabric here mm-hmm. Actually, they're about 20 minutes from me, which was surprising when I first ordered. Um, I was expecting them to be, you know, far away. What are the chances? But they were here. <laughs> but never happened. 
Canada, right? You order, it's like, be from BC in a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so that was a, that was a fun find. Um, and I used the heaviest weight organic bamboo that they sell, which is uh, 500 grams per square meter. So that's just talking about its absorbency rate, which I know. Yeah. That's, that's a good dense, thick material. So yeah, it's, it's great. Like you should hear my surgery when I sew through the thing. It's like clunk. clunk. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking bad. like the fitted that um two sparrow or not the fitted the flat that two sparrow diaper sent me the other day that was 300 grams so i'm trying to imagine what 500 grams i'm like oh wow yeah very dense um i've had some 300s here um to make sweaters out of just for my daughter yeah. and it was so smooth in comparison i was like oh this feels amazing <laughs> um the trade-off being you need more layers so as much as it's technically cheaper per meter it doesn't work out to be cheaper um because you need layers so it's bulkier. The bulkier it is, the harder it is to wash. The more you have people commenting that it stinks, oh, right? Yeah. Four layers to try to get urine out of. It's much harder than two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, a top layer of velour, which is also the heaviest weight available. It's 380 grams per square meter, just the top layer alone. Um, and then two layers right underneath that in the top insert. And then there's another snap and insert under it. That's another two layers of the 500 grams. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like, if you guys are looking at options out there, you can find even, I think, even cheap, cheap diapers that are absorbent enough that you need are still expensive diapers because materials cost money. Like the regardless of where you're sourced, they all kind of come down to the same price points because there's only there's only so much wiggle room when you come to sourcing materials to meet the absorbency of your child. And if you need 30 ounces you need 30 ounces and only one way to really get there yeah so it's uh it's one of those things where you know i'll see people go oh wow that's a really expensive diaper and i was like and i agree but the funny bit is they're actually my lowest profit margin of everything i make mm-hmm. they're definitely a passion project um they're they're my biggest seller um they're definitely something that i feel a great sense of community yeah. through um I, I'm not going to give it up. That that's for sure. Like, there's no like, nobody take it that way. Don't worry, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the it's the cost of the materials is really where we see the bulk of um, the pricing when it comes to these kind of products. See. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's just the reality. I think, regardless of whatever brand you're looking at, um, and especially prominent in the fitted diaper industry. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, it's if you need the 30 ounces because your kid is peeing through, then you need it. And it's it's going to cost you the same from here or the same from there. Difference being if you're getting it from, like, I hate to sound poo-poo-y when I say, like, from overseas because it's not what I mean. There are some, like, decent quality, long-lasting yeah. materials from over there, and it's fabulous. And it's great because it, it makes cloth diapering available for everybody at every price point. But if you're looking for something that's going to last you, you know, your next three kids, um, that's going to be an investment. Uh, either you pay for it now or you pay for it later, but at yeah. some point you're going to pay for it. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's not really, there's not really the option. There's not really a lot of options besides going the, the work at home mom route like you for those really super heavy wetter options that people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like we talked with, uh, I talked with Dawn from Humbird Wool as well. Well, and she makes a supernova fitted, right? And there's nothing that like you can't commercially get that. If you, you need that, you need to go to somebody like yourself or somebody like another 
Yeah. We asked about pockets and I was like, I don't make pockets because like, there's just so many options on the market. Um, like what I make looks very much like a handmade diaper, right? Like it it is the stereotypical, like you see it and you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there is no mass market equivalent if this is the look that you want. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. It just doesn't exist. So why are you making fitted cloth diapers? What brought you into this world of fitted diapers? Were you so meeting actually, or somebody else's? So mine, actually. We were, um, I had just gotten pregnant with our daughter. It was right before then, I guess. I would have been too sick when I first got pregnant. But, um, and I started sewing papers for us because I was like, you know, I, we definitely need more of these. Um, they're good overnight options and, well, they're expensive. So then I was like, okay, I'll, you know, invest in the, in the snaps. I'll invest in the fabrics and I'll sell a few to kind of make up the cost of materials. Um, and then it was stereotypical snowball effect. And here I am. Seven years later. Selling a few quotations. <laughs> well, so yeah, it was, it was just a situation that at first it was, it was for us. And then I realized that there was a need. So I kept it up. And then from there, I realized that there was a joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really, and it's, I shouldn't say it, it was, it still is really fulfilling. Um, it can be really, really hard um, to be in business for yourself. And I mean, especially like catch me in the middle of Christmas, like craft fair quotations kind of season. And I'll probably cry if you ask me <laughs> how it's going. Um, 50-50 if it's going to be from frustration or joy. Um, <laughs> like truly that is the lifeblood of the business like that's what gets me that's what gets me going that's what gets me pumped up for the following year like seeing everybody like I went to a show in Ottawa and a woman came up to my booth and she plopped her baby down on the table and I was like I know that romper and she was like yes it's us we've been buying your stuff in Canada like we were so (laughs) we were coming here today and she's just like went at me and I was like I love this this is this is why I got up and drove and I've stayed in Ottawa for three days and like unloaded a million pounds of junk 150 cars back from Carlton U. Like this is exactly what I, <laughs> like that was, I was so happy. And uh, that was like June of last year. And it still like sticks in my head because it was, it was like the moment. That's it. That's the. Yeah. This is a gorgeous story. I have kind of like a little teary eyed. I love <laughs> crafter season so much. So not that I've ever been a vendor, but I, I really, uh, I enjoy crafter season a lot. So I can see where you're going. <laughs> very excited for them to start up again so yeah i guess spring craft fair season is around the corner right? yeah so spring can be like hit or miss um last year i did etsy made in canada and that's where i ran into the woman okay. and this year they're they're contemplating doing it again i would love if they did it again it was so much fun um out here there's like a, a emily arbor hi from cheerfully made uh puts on like amazing like i mean like the cadillac of all handmade fairs like it's ridiculous what this woman puts together like i went to the bathroom like 45 minutes before the show and had to walk past the door and people were lined up all the way around the building crazy and i couldn't believe it and every show she puts out is just quality um and i'm really excited to do more with her later this year i definitely see all these handmade fairs on on the on the instagram having lived in a small rural town where we don't get that and i have a little envy (laughs) so if you guys are i've seen them in winnipeg i've seen them in vancouver as well uh the etsy handmade fairs and the vendors that go they look like they're just having a blast 
great place to uh, find local stuff for sure. Yeah, I'm going shopping even when I'm not a vendor somewhere. I'm like, ah, it's amazing. <laughs> Are do you find the fairs to be a challenge as a business owner, or what is your biggest challenge as a business owner? Um, like it, with shows or in general? Not just in general. What's your biggest challenge with running your business and being in this in whatever space in the business space? I think my biggest struggle is the same as a lot of working parents. It's time. Mm. Uh, when I'm working, I feel like I should be with my kids. And when I'm with my kids, I feel like I should be working. Yeah. Um, and that's really, really hard. Um, we also are unschoolers. So, that so you've means got your kids at home. Yeah. So it's like homeschooling, but with no curriculum. Um, so it means we're busy a lot of the time, but it also means that my kids will come at me and just slide into the room and be like, mom, what makes a volcano erupt? And I'm like, I have to stop what I'm doing <laughs> like, and answer. Um, because that's the sort of lifestyle that we've built for them. So it's kind of on the fly and it's, it's kind of crazy and it's kind of chaotic and half of me wishes our life was more peaceful. And the other half of me explodes with joy to think that our life is so different. Does it get does it get a little bit easier when they get older to gel, juggle that? Yes, for sure. Like I have a picture. I should I should find it to send it to you. It's so funny. When my daughter was about three weeks old, there's a picture of me sewing, and then he's in the carrier on my front, and then there's another picture of the next day where she was in her car seat, all strapped in beside me, and I was rocking it back and forth with my foot <laughs> while I was snapping things because it was just I had a few orders. Mm-hmm. Um, plan to stop orders right before I had her and then I ended up going so overdue that I kind of was in denial as hilarious as it sounds like I was like yeah she'll come when she comes and my husband's like no really honey like eventually you have to have this baby I'm like yeah whatever. <laughs> like sure and I was like 42 and a half weeks when I had her <laughs> and, uh, by then I think I had given up hope that she wasn't just going to go to order hire them out when she was really little and uh, and it was much harder to to take a break. Yeah, um, face is right in your face. It's really tempting to squeak in an hour here or there. Um, so I found I didn't take a break for very long, um, which I guess also shows how much I enjoy the work. Um, otherwise, I would have enjoyed the break. <laughs> I just find myself like right now. I have a, a two year old and a four year old, and trying to carve out an hour to sit down to do anything is just like overwhelming. They don't understand boundaries yet. So I keep having hope that maybe one day that will happen and I can balance work yeah, at home nine a little more. Half and I get like, I can get like four hours of work done and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh wow. They're like really quiet. This is strange. Um, <laughs> I work in the center of our house, which for some people doesn't work well mm-hmm. um, because it can mean no boundary. <laughs> Do they listen to doors um, <laughs> and like tend to the kids while working and they're not going to be like out murdering each other in the living room where I can't see them. So you can um, supervise work, supervise kind of attentively do a little bit of both. Yeah. I've always curious about whether or not uh, people can unschool or homeschool uh, while working at home. And so, you know, what? and I don't know why I question myself because I had um, Snappy Z, which is in um, Bellingham, and she also homeschools her children and runs a cloth diaper business. So really, there's a ton of examples out there and it can be made possible. Yes, totally can work. It also can be harder. I think it all depends what you find stressful. Yeah. Um, like for me, having to stop the flow and run out to get them off the bus would be tough. Um, 
but this way, like, there's not much break and flow. Like, I know what to expect. I know that they're kids. I know they're going to need something. And mm -hmm. I don't expect uninterrupted time. So it's a little bit easier for me. But it all depends on um, what you can cope with and what sort of environment you can work in. Um, and I think a lot of people who work from home are used to working in pretty weird environments, even if they don't have kids. <laughs> is where can people find you if people want to buy your fitted cloth diapers? You've also selling... Uh, you said pants, rompers, love a good romper, uh, and yeah. snap bags. Where can people find you online to connect, shop? So you can shop on Etsy or ordering through Facebook. And, um, a little bit of everywhere. <laughs> so, and your eco accoutrements. I feel like that's testing my French skills. I will include links, guys, in show notes <laughs> and on Facebook. Um, but if you sound it out, eco three mods, it's pretty easy to find. It sounds quite, much, quite like it, yeah. Everyone's got a different way of saying it, and, and it's never graceful to correct people. <laughs> no, that's my really butchered English uh, West Coast. I failed at French class. Uh, pronunciation <laughs> of it. So that's how uh, that's how it goes my sister if my sister god bless her heart listened to this episode she lives in quebec um and would probably um, <laughs> she's gonna her. sob yeah yeah that's why we were out there this year as we were visiting her she lives in granby Are you ready to try your first fitted cloth diaper yet? Maybe give a work at home mom a chance? I know that work at home mom cloth diapers can often feel very overwhelming when it comes to the price point. But as Courtney mentioned, one of the biggest factors really is the cost of materials. And whether you're an overseas distributor or a work at home parent or a work at home seamstress or whatever, Cost of materials really impacts the overall cost of the diaper. And diapers typically become a work of love for many seamstresses who are creating them. I'd love to know about your favorite work-at-home parent products or work-at-home seamstresses. I don't even want to call them moms because Melissa Makes, who makes an amazing diaper here in Canada, she isn't actually a parent. So we should probably find a better term. Um, they are some sort of work at home seamstress, maybe cloth diapers. So if you're listening on YouTube, drop me a comment below about telling me about your favorite seamstress who makes diapers. If you're listening somewhere else, come find me on Instagram, send me a comment or find the posts related to this episode and drop me a comment letting me know about your favorite seamstresses for fitted diapers, pocket diapers, and more. Again, the show notes for this week's episode can be found at clothdiverpodcast.com. We are on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram at Cloth Diaper Podcast. If you have a story to share, whether it's your personal experiences, cloth diapering, or you're a brand who wants to share their own story and experiences, drop me an email, bailey at clothdiverpodcast.com. I'm always looking for collaborations and stories to share here on the show. Bye.